0: Hello, I'm Tara Ruckman. And I'm Stephanie Howe, and we are Control the Chaos EDU. Are you burnout? Are you feeling frustrated or overwhelmed?
1: Or maybe it's the opposite, and you're a go-getter and want to level up, then it's time to dive in with real talk and solution-focused conversations.
0: Hello and welcome to today's control the chaos conversations. Before we get started today, I just want to shout out Tara real quick. She was working really hard this past summer on a uh, journal for teachers. And so if you haven't um, checked out Amazon yet, make sure you go over there if you're needing a journal to just kind of get your thoughts out and vent about teaching. It's called Fuck Teaching. Um, So make sure you go on over and um, buy the book. And just again, journaling can really help you with different coping strategies or just to reflect on um, what you're doing because teaching is really hard. So use this as an outlet um, to allow you to get out your thoughts.
1: Yeah, so just a side note on that, the the title can be deceiving. So this is for all you F-bomb educators out there, and I know you're out there. I've heard it um, outside of the schools, of course. I've heard it. I know you're out there, but this is just that way of actually, you know, we talk about writing for our students. It's a way of getting creative. Um, writing out your feelings and coming to solutions, right? Because we know that studies have found that writing actually helps people manage strong emotions. So I was in a time in my life when I wrote it that I had to manage my own strong emotions. So I was writing to manage my emotions and in turn writing a guided journal for teachers to manage their strong emotions. So That's kind of how that came about.
0: Yeah, so make sure you go over to Amazon check it out um, because there are really some cool prompts and pages that just have some really good graphics on them to get your thoughts out and in a productive and solution-focused way. (laughs) All right, so now today what we're going to be talking about is one-on-one check-ins. And I know for me, when I was either teaching or have been helping teachers with these one-on-one check-ins typically it's a disaster because there's no procedure, there's no like real structure in place. And I think sometimes um, when we have 30 some students in a class, it can be very, very challenging. However, when we are able to meet with students one-on-one, it can really be beneficial. But again, like there was a time when I was trying to do one-on-one check-ins and a couple kids in the line were just like misbehaving. And I'm like, I'm trying to focus, I'm trying to give this child personalized feedback to them. But then I've got a whole other class of like 29, 28 kids that are um, just not focused and and they need me to maybe supervise them. Um, So this is where we're going to be kind of just problem solving, talking through different ideas and strategies when it comes to one-on-one check-ins.
1: Yeah, I think you're 100% correct is when you're When you are doing these one-on-one check-ins, you also having that plan and, like you said, setting that stage of scheduling them, but also what are you scheduling for the rest of the class while you're doing those one-on-one check-ins? How are you managing the classroom while you're doing the one-on-one check-ins? Because during that time when you're doing it, you're really setting the stage you want to respect that student's privacy. So you don't want a line of students waiting there. You don't want kids coming up and talking to you while you're working and talking one-on-one with a student because if there are things that need feedback, students could possibly be embarrassed about that and they don't want others to hear what their feedback is. Um, So scheduling them regularly and respecting their privacy then comes into then in that time managing the classroom. So that's a whole nother piece to the one-on-one check-ins is how are you managing the classroom? Are you giving them must-do, can-dos? Are you giving them a choice board? Are you giving them a roadmap? But tons of different ways to set the stage, to have that privacy, have that scheduled regularly, but also manage the classroom at the same time.
0: Yeah, and that can be really difficult, again, because sometimes there is just one of you and you've got this class size. And when you are giving feedback, you wanna make sure that your students do have that respect with you and that they can trust you and you're able to support them as well. And so one-on-one check-ins isn't just kind of like one-time thing. You have to be able to have these check-ins throughout and really start to build that classroom culture as well. And so, at the start, you really want to begin to create that classroom environment where it's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. And um, I was just talking with AJ about this, who's my three year old. And he was just talking about how he was afraid to go to preschool because he doesn't know how to hold a marker. And so, we were talking about how it's okay that we don't know that. We're going to learn that, or we're going to be able to make mistakes and we're going to be able to fail forward. But if we don't have these conversations with our students, then they're going to think that they have to be exactly perfect. They have to be able to meet all of these different things. And again, that comes with building trust. And so what we need to do is right from the start, we need to create these cultures where it's okay to fail. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to just try. And then when you are conferencing with students, they're going to trust you because you've built that classroom culture around that. And then you're going to be able to support them and they're going to be able to trust you with that support as well.
1: Yeah. And as you start to build that trust too, when you have situations like you have with your own son, he's going to be building that trust with whoever's in the classroom to ask for help. He's going to be able to go ask the teacher because we're setting him up for that piece of, it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to know you're not going to do everything correctly and you're going to need to ask for help. That's why you're at school, right? If you didn't need to learn something, you wouldn't need to go to school. So building that trust Um, not only just to be that active listener, but to have students engage in asking for help if they need it. So then we get into structuring the conversation, starting with wins, addressing concerns, setting SMART goals. And this can look different depending on what kind of check-in that you're doing with the student, right? It could be a small goal that you're setting, or it could be Two or three expectations. So what starting with those positive, right? It's that that's sandwich method that we go through. We're always gonna start with something positive and end, end with something positive. Um, address concerns in the middle, and now we talk about setting goals. So if I look at the kind of check-ins that I do as a behavior coach, it's very similar. We're starting off the day. We're talking about something positive for our day. And then we're looking at what two to three goals that we set at that check-in for the day. Are we going to follow an expectation? Maybe it's a student that's struggling to stay stay in their Space or get their work done. So maybe those are the kind of goals that we're setting today. And then we're looking through that positive, okay, these are how can we not do this today? Or how can we start on a better day than we did yesterday? Because we have a fresh start every day. So structuring the conversation. when I do check-ins behaviorally is very similar than what we do for academics, right? We're starting with those wins, we're addressing the concerns, setting up our small, and then we end on a positive. I know I know you got this today. Um, if you need anything, you let me know. If you need to take a break, you let me know. If you need some support, you let me know. Like ending on also putting that out there to them, like, how can I help you reach those goals is another way to talk about some of those concerns. Um, yesterday, you, you seemed like you were struggling with this writing assignment. What can I do to help you reach your goals today? So those are some ways that you could structure that conversation. Start with the wins, address some, some concerns, set some goals, and end with a positive as well or within that positive and with what can I do to help you support you in your goals today?
0: Yeah, and just setting those goals can be just really helpful for students. They don't have to be, again, long term. Sometimes they are just, hey, let's let's try to get through the day or let's just try to um, focus on this. But if you are maybe doing a content one-on-one check-in as well, it might be where it might take a couple different days to improve on that goal but you also want to check in with those students throughout the process and see how they are um, meeting that goal and how they're doing and so then again one-on-ones it's allowing you to personalize and it's allowing you to grow that student individually so because you're meeting in one-on-one with a student you're able to really tailor their needs and think about okay what does this student need how can i maybe present this content to them What skill gaps do they have? What prior knowledge are they maybe lacking? Or or what extensions does this child need if maybe they have um, excelled or showed mastery at the content grade level standards? And then from there, you can think about many lessons. So as you build those relationships, as you get to know your students, you'll be able to maybe even start to begin to pull small groups that are, catered towards your group that maybe needs a certain mini lesson. So you're kind of using both and you're kind of going back and forth on what kind of students maybe need to meet or how you need to um, help those students when it comes to individualizing their needs. But again, you're able to look at what prior knowledge are they maybe lacking or what prior knowledge are they excelling in um, and how can you use those to make deeper connections with your students as you're meeting with them.
1: And this piece is super important because it's not just about that. This can guide so much of your instruction as well. You know, if you're doing a station rotation or you're splitting your groups into different ability levels um, in order to like move forward to the next piece, w- looking at where students are at in this personalization and development. I know in my classroom, I always used to have flexible grouping. So flexible grouping was super important and driven a lot by one-on-ones. First, when we would do a pre-test or some kind of pre-assessment, even if it was two or three questions to see where kids are at. And then I might do a one-on-one check-in with them about their where they were, what that pre-assessment was. And then I from there, I could do flexible grouping for those rotations for that lesson or for that unit. So those were great things that would always come out of those one-on-one check-ins. That's kind of the way I did every social studies and science um, that I taught was we started with that pre-assessment or some type of two or three small informal assessment. And then I would go into one-on-one check-ins to kind of Talk through because if you have students that don't necessarily um, test well or um, do their best in writing, you can talk through some of those things to see where they're at and see what their prior knowledge looked like, or where they are in the lesson and then i would flexible group students and then we would work through stations because each station might look different maybe i had one station with an extension and maybe i had one station that was completely on their own so one-on-one check-ins don't aren't just for students But one on one check ins are for staff as well, because we can tailor those individual needs on what comes next after the check in. And if you're not a person that does station rotation and you're not looking at flexible grouping, it doesn't mean you can't use this in other ways to support what teaching component needs to come next. Because maybe you find out everybody, maybe you'll find out everybody in the classroom has really are are in close to us the same place. So you don't need to group, but maybe you need to go back and reteach a lesson. So those are some things that can come out of that one-on-one as well for you as a teacher.
0: Yes. And when it comes also to that follow-up, think about, do I need to follow up with parents? Do I need to follow up with a counselor? Do I need to follow up with whoever to include them in this conversation to support this student. So is there anyone else that you might need to follow up with as well? And procedures. So again, we kind of talked at the beginning how I did not have procedures in place. And it was again, kind of chaotic. So I highly suggest you think about something. Tara suggested can do, must do lists, a choice board. So having some type of activity for students to work on is gonna be huge. If you're just having them maybe sit there and stare at you then you're going to have issues but again if you have some type of activity that is easy kind of to implement like they know the directions there's not going to be lack of clarity they can really understand and get started on something that's going to help you along the way as well um but when it comes to procedures there's a couple different websites or tech tools that you could use classroom q is one um so our friend kyle nemes created this site and if you go to Classroom Queue, I think it's .com, and you type in, there's a premium version and there is a free version. So you can set up an account and once you log in, you'll sign in with either Google or username and password. And then what happens is you can turn on your queue. And so when you turn on your queue, a number pops up and students are able to type in that number and then they can go in and add their name, they can add a comment, and then you're able to see the queue, students can see what number in line they are. It's kind of like they're at the BMV, they're trying to um, maybe meet with you and wait for that license, right, (laughs) and that kind of stuff, but you're able to either pull it up on the board or you can just kind of see who's next in line. And students can even write restroom, like they don't need to wait, you can just say go to the restroom, if that's your procedure. Um, But again, having that classroom queue up can allow you to see, okay, who is next? And then you're able to meet with those students one-on-one. Now that's if students are needing help or needing support, and that's them being able to build those advocacy skills or those even like that metacognition that we talked about a couple uh, episodes back where they're really focusing and rethinking about, okay, what am I struggling with? And so that's going to take some of that skill. You might also just go down your roster, and maybe you pull five or six kids every single day, and you meet with everyone in that week. That's another way that you could do that as well. If your students do have those metacognition skills, another way you could set this up is a waiting room. So rather than digital, now you're going offline where the students go to maybe the board, you have magnets up there with different numbers, they pull a number, and then you're able to call out that number. So again, it's very low tech where you just have maybe numbers printed out, students grab a number, and then you would just call the next number that's up. Another idea is having a Google form where students just go on and they complete it, they put their name in, maybe they add their question or if they need to use the restroom, and then you would have the spreadsheet up and you can highlight to know, okay, this student needs this, this student needs that, and you're able to take notes. But again, another way is just having that roster and maybe you have every single student conference with you at the beginning, And then, as you get going, as students are working independently, then you might need one of these procedures in place.
1: So, there's a whole lot of ways to do check ins as well. You can think about doing a two to three question check in, you can have some type of structure within all of these, whether it's two to three questions, whether you're just providing feedback on an assignment, whether you're reviewing an assessment. So plenty of different ways and reasons for, whether it's for flexible grouping, whether they have a writing and you're reviewing the writing. So it's very purposeful when you're doing those check-ins. One of the things that I like to add with the check-ins and I know you know we're we're talking just overall about check-ins. Is what about a checkout? So um, now maybe we're at the conclusion of the day. We're at the conclusion of a lesson or a unit. Um, how do we want to check out? So we talked about the check-ins, but checkouts are very useful as well to be able to do a checkout. Is okay. Now we're going back. We set those goals in the beginning, right? Um, but what about reviewing those goals and looking at those goals with the student one-on-one? Did you meet them? If you didn't meet them, how can we do something differently next time so that we can meet them? So this is also a great add-in as a check-in. If you have taken the time to structure a conversation of a one on one check-in, why not structure a conversation to have a checkout where you can look at those goals together and see did you address the concerns? Did you meet, did you meet? And are you where you want to be? So I know sometimes that check in piece is not something we think about because we're always or sorry, the check out piece fumbling on my words right now, that checkout piece is not always something to think about because we're doing the check-in. Oh, yes, we met together already. But that checkout can be a very important component in this whole process to know and review where we are in that place of when we set the goals.
0: Yeah, and there are some roadblocks, right? Like we do have so many kids and there's just not enough time. And so one way that you're able to do this is Think about how you wanna organize your class. Maybe you start your class with a mini lesson and then your students get started on like a must do, can do list. And during that time, you're able to pull students one-on-one or even you have an entrance ticket or an exit ticket. And based on a certain percentage, you are like, okay, I'm gonna pull these students today if they miss three out of the five questions. Or maybe you're gonna extend those students. Don't forget that you do need to provide those extensions and support to the students who are meeting grade level um, as well. So think about, okay, which students can I pull today? I also kept like a checklist and I would just try to meet with five kids a day. And I would just call those five students up, meet with them real quick. And then the next day I would pick five different kids. And so throughout the entire week, I met with every single student at least once. And then I would just repeat it again that following week. And that would, again, it allowed me to make sure I was meeting with all my kids real quick. It was about five minutes. Set a timer if you need to. Um, and also, maybe you have talking points or questions that are kind of listed out for you, too. If you're like, I don't even know what I'm going to say to this child. Um, you can kind of pre-plan as well. Or, again, use exit tickets or entrance tickets or even a Google Form check-in where students do like an on a scale SEL type. Um, to let you know where they're at or what they did this weekend, and then just pull up random students based on that form. Um, So tons of different ways that you can kind of overcome that too many kids, so little time, um, but really start to get creative with it. And again, it doesn't have to be every single kid, every single day. You can kind of scaffold that out as well.
1: So tons of ways to really set the stage, build some trust, structure the conversation personalize and develop those one-on-ones to really get the most out of them for not only the student but yourself and then follow up with some documentation or a checkout process and then of course what do you do when you're managing the rest of the classroom during this time so those are all great things that we have talked about today some roadblocks that we've uncovered Um, and so As always, your call to action is like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And until next time, control the chaos. Thanks for listening to Control the Chaos EDU. Check out the description for show notes. We look forward to connecting with you on social media. Subscribe to the weekly podcast so you never miss an episode. Control the chaos. Until next time.